what is up badasses welcome back i'm your host nikki sunshine and this has become a relationship badass the podcast so for those of you who have been here before welcome back it's so great to have you as always this feels like my little intimate once weekly meeting with my best friends <laughs> if only we were in the same room right <laughs> um and if you're new welcome hello get cozy grab yourself a glass of wine or bubbles or a hot mug of tea or coffee whatever the fuck suits your fancy <laughs> and get cozy and get ready to learn We are on episode 21 today, guys. Holy shit. This is episode 21. Wow, just saying that feels so crazy. When I started this podcast, I literally had no idea what I was doing. Hint, hint, I still don't. Um, <laughs> I decided, like, yeah, I'm going to start a podcast I thought, oh, I have, I, lo- I know I have a powerful message. I know I have something important to share. And yet, you know, Instagram only gives me so many characters per post. <laughs> and there's, you know, there's, to me, for me personally, there's um, like a level of trust and familiarity that can't be built through someone's Instagram page. Why? Because I don't really know who's on the other side of that screen. And um, I've fallen in love with people over Instagram, and yet there's something about it that's like, mm, but I don't really, but who, you know, who are you though? Uh, would I recognize you if I heard your voice or saw you on the street type of thing? And so I thought, fuck yeah, I'm going to start a podcast. And the first episode I recorded, I didn't have my mic or anything. I think maybe the first two even. Um, it was just me with my laptop. I, again, I decided I'm going to do this. So I took an entire Sunday and I was like, cool, my goal today is to learn how to record, produce, edit a podcast and then do that and make my first episode. That is today's goal. And so that's what I fucking did, you guys. I used Google and um, yeah, pretty much Google to figure out this stuff and Learned how to make an RSS feed and learned how to use GarageBand to record and edit and how to bring music into it and the whole deal. Um, and now 21 episodes later, here I am with my mic and, you know, a little bit a little bit more of a idea of, of what's going on here. <laughs> and yet, I am still gifting myself a podcast producer at episode 50. So keep showing up, keep giving me feedback, uh, your, your feedback, your reviews. Uh, when y'all share this on your Instagram story, if you take a screenshot, throw it on there, or you send me a message, send me an email, all of those things give me the juice to keep going with this. Um, obviously I think it's pretty obvious. This is, I don't have any like paid ads right now or anything on the podcast. So this is just something I do to serve. And to show up for you all and for myself. And hearing from you directly saying, wow, this is how this really helped with me, my partner, or 
you blasting it on your story and then seeing other people, oh, wow, what's this, and, and catch on. Um, or you just sending me a personal email and telling me that this podcast is affecting and helping you. That is the juice that, um, yeah, it just keeps me going, you know, on this essentially other full-time job I have that doesn't pay. <laughs> so you, you really can't tell me enough. So um, if you're out there and you're being served, um, feel free to, to let me know that. And uh, one of the most helpful ways you can do that is leaving me a review and a rating on the iTunes app. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, you just scroll down. If you're looking at my podcast, you just scroll down to the bottom of the page and there's a place where you can leave either just a one to five star review um, or I'm sorry, a one to five star rating or you can leave me a review. So um that's super helpful. Otherwise, of course, as I have already alluded to, Instagram, sharing this on your stories, sharing this on your Facebook page, screenshot this episode and say, hey, people, you need some relationship advice, help, guidance, tips, check this podcast out. Um, the more people that, well, let's put it this way. So the, the more people I can reach, the more people get this powerful message. The more people who are getting this powerful message, the more I'm serving the planet. Um, and eventually, the more I'm serving the planet, the more opportunities show up for me to make this a full-time gig. And once my business becomes my full-time gig, which it is on its way to becoming, I just there's just more of me to pour into content, podcast, service. Um, as some of you know, I, I actually have a full-time job that I do besides all of the relationship badass stuff I do. I work in my partner Warren's herbal extraction lab. I run his, uh, I run the extraction lab. So I put on my lab coat every day and go work with plants and medicine and it's fucking amazing. I love my job so much, um, which is probably how I have the motivation and energy to do a full-time job and another full-time unpaid job. <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's that. Um, I don't have too many announcements for you guys today. Before we dive into the good stuff, I just want to take a moment to appreciate a couple people. Uh, if you were here last week, you know that I am starting something new. I just want to begin every episode with appreciation. Just to kind of set that tone and to infuse appreciation into every area of my life, including my podcast. So uh, today I have two people I want to appreciate. One is my papa. That is my mom's dad, my grandpa, but we call him, I call him papa. This man, his name is Gerald, Gerald Hoffmeister. I, I know you're not listening, but uh, this is for you. This man has stepped up in so many ways for, not for me, um, but this is how he shows up for everyone in his life. He's the guy who, like, you go out to eat and he's like cracking jokes with the waitress and she's just like so smiley and, and anyone who's around him, you become in a good mood because he has such a genuine appreciation for life. For the simple things, you know, he's thankful for the fact that he's 86 and he can still walk to the mailbox and get the paper. And um, this man has been a father to me my whole life. 
Um, my dad died when I was two, and so um, he really stepped in. I have memories of him taking me to the father-daughter dance, and mm, yeah, just he's so great. Um, he's honest. He's hardworking. He is literally the best. <laughs> it's it's bringing me to tears. I really miss him right now. I haven't seen him in over six months. <sighs> he's literally the best human. So just mad appreciation to the man who basically raised me and um, for the continuous impact he makes. He's the type of man that he makes a million impacts a day just by every single interaction he makes with the woman at the checkout lane, with the woman at the gas station, with the person he passes in his car in traffic. He impacts everyone so positively. So I just want to appreciate him right now and... I think he is a large contributor for how I am today, and he he raised me um, along with my mom. So, thank you, Papa. You're the fucking shit, dude. I love you. <laughs> um, secondly, I want to appreciate one of my greatest teachers and mentors, um, I who I've never met, but I will meet just calling that shit in. <laughs> I will meet him in July when I go to his event in Dallas. Um, his name is Tony Robbins, Anthony Robbins. And um, I wanted to appreciate him today particularly because I know there's a lot of media, you know, talk out there and BuzzFeed articles and basically bullshit about Tony Robbins and how he's groped women at his events and all this. Just It's just talk. It's just entertainment to keep you guys distracted. So... Hint, hint, don't read BuzzFeed. Um, hint, hint, don't read that shit. Like, those news, there's literally news companies out there that are just created to make fake bullshit news that catches your attention and keeps you distracted, which keeps you dumb, keeps you not working towards your dreams, keeps you not opening your eyes. Um, so this is just that. And I I didn't even have to do any research to know how I felt. And after I did research, it just confirmed how I feel. So... Uh, Tony Robbins, I still love you, dude, and I um, appreciate all the amazing work you've done in the world and all the people whose lives you changed and my life who you've changed, and I can't wait to come see you in Dallas at UPW in July, and you all know I spent the extra dollars on that VIP ticket so I could sit up close. <laughs> So I will be meeting Tony Robbins and um, yeah, I just, I, I appreciate Tony, you and your work and your mission and your light so fucking much. So I just had to give you a shout out today. <sighs> All right. Fuck yeah. That's it for today, folks, um, in terms of just kind of announcements and appreciations. Um, so let's just dive in to the epic content. And today's episode is brought to you by Relationship Badass. Relationship Badass is a community of inspired and driven individuals who choose to show up every day open and ready to learn and grow into a more loving and available version of themselves. I'm Nikki Sunshine, the founder, and through my business, I 
host group workshops. I teach small group coaching programs. I have a couple online classes and I also offer one-on-one support or couple support on a monthly basis. So if you're interested in checking out my brand new offerings, head over to relationshipbadass.com. You can look at the coaching tab to learn about my monthly support offerings and my emergency hotline services. You can also check out all of my juicy blog posts, free videos, epic podcast episodes, and much more. So head on over to the website, relationshipbadass.com, to start your journey today. All right, y'all. So today we're talking about why they don't respond well when you're addressing a difficult or challenging topic. I use the word they because this could be your partner. Of course, I talk a lot about partnership here, um, but this could also apply to a close friendship, a family member, coworker any of those close relationships in your life. This episode was inspired by a couple clients I met with this week, um, just kind of struggling with this, trying to address a difficult topic and, you know, having their partner essentially shut down or just not be receptive or or not getting the message. And um, I noticed as we were talking about this with, as I was talking with these clients, just some simple things that I thought, oh, well, if maybe if, you know, if, if um, it was approached in this way, you may have had better results. So I thought, I'm going to go on the cast and share this with everyone. So today I have five reasons that I'm going to go through as to why they might not be responding well when you're approaching a difficult conversation. So a difficult conversation could be a conversation about your needs. Um, it could be about maybe something that's not quite aligned or not, um, you know, not super going super well in your relationship, um, a challenge you guys are having. Maybe it's a conversation about an opportunity that's a big decision. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of conversations this could apply to, but it's one of those conversations that you kind of have that feeling maybe in your chest or your stomach before, like, Oh God, I know this is going to be, I don't know how this is going to go. You know, this this might be hard. Um, those conversations. So before we go into these five reasons, I just want to say, um, kind of set a little context here. You guys know I love context. Um, for me and for my clients and anyone who works with me through Relationship Badass, um, I like to take the stance that that it is my responsibility to learn how to deliver my message in a way that the listener can receive it. So my message can only be received if I deliver it in a way that the listener can receive it. And so I take the stance that it's up to me to learn and understand my partner and then go out and learn how to communicate in a way that works for him or her. And to know, 
okay, what are your nuances? What are your triggers? And with that knowledge, then I can craft my communication with that person in a way that won't trigger and shut them down instantly, right? Um, so I take that on myself. I don't, I don't make it warren my partner's responsibility to get what the fuck I'm talking about all the time. Um, rather, I'm like, okay, you're not able to, you're not getting this for some reason. Like, you're not hearing me. You're not getting my message. How could I do this differently? That's kind of how I look at it. Um, I kind of challenge myself. So um, that's kind of the stance that is um, umbrella-ing. <laughs> I guess that's a word now. Sort of the umbrella over um, these five things I'm about to talk about is... Be, and the reason I say this is because I could see you out there thinking as I go through these five, cool, well, yeah, I'm a human too. And like, why can't they just, you know, deal with that? Or, or why do I have to change how I speak? You know, why can't they just learn to understand me in this tone in this way? And that's perfectly fine if you feel that way. Um, you may not like this episode. Feel free to turn it off. And um, I just tend to hang out in the area of personal growth and self-empowerment. And so for me, if I'm noticing, so this was me a couple years ago, I was noticing like, oh, people aren't receiving my message. I don't even feel like I'm really connecting with people. We talk about kind of like surface stuff a lot and I don't know if they're really getting me. I just kind of started noticing this in my life. And so I made a choice like, cool, I'm going to learn how to communicate like such a fucking badass that no matter who you are, I can kind of dial in, tone down into who you are and how you receive messages and then deliver it in that way. So basically all my communications feel awesome <laughs> now because I, I, um, I notice who my listener is. And I make that matter in the context of how I deliver. So fuck yeah to learning how to communicate like a badass and taking responsibility for your life. If you're still with me, um, hell yes to you. And uh, here we go. Let's get into these five reasons. So five reasons why they're not responding well when you address a difficult topic. Number one. You're showing up blamey with expectations of disappointment. So um, if, you, if you follow me, you've heard me talk about shifting from blame to invitation. And so the first thing I want to point out is if you're showing up with kind of that blamey, you're not enough, you've let me down energy, um, your partner or whoever you're speaking to is going to pick up on that. And that's going to affect how they're able to receive whatever you have to say going forward. So when I feel blamed and that blamey, it's kind of like, hey, can we talk? You have not been making me a priority and you never make time for me. And now I feel like lonely and it's because of you, <laughs> right? That's, that's a pretty obvious one. Um, but even just like something like, hey, um... I've been noticing that, you know, the the house has been a mess and, you know, I've been noticing you haven't really been, like, stepping up. 
could be something like that. Um, but it's that, it's that blamey energy. And it, it basically says, I had this expectation. You didn't meet it. It's your fault. And now I'm disappointed. And so what happens is someone typically when they feel blamed is they shut down. And that has to do with our nervous system and as a means of protection. So when I feel blamed, I'm going to shut down to protect myself because bl getting blamed feels like a threat to my nervous system because back way back when, you know, if they were blaming me in the tribe for stealing or for doing something, I could get kicked out of the tribe, which basically meant death. So fast forward to 2019, getting blamed doesn't mean death, yet we still have that wiring in our nervous system. And so there's still a part of us that when we get blamed, feels like, uh-oh, my life is at danger. I'm, I'm, my life is being threatened right now. So instead of blaming, we can invite our partner or this person into whatever we're talking about. So instead of, hey, you've been so busy and I have not felt like a priority and you have not been making time for me. Um, so like, what's up, dude? What are you going to do about this? I could say something like, hey, um, you know, I, I really, really cherish our special intimate time together. You know what I'm talking about? Like last month and we were snuggled up on that Tuesday and we decided to stay in bed late. Remember? Yeah, 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 okay. And it's like, man, we have just been so busy lately, just like doing our thing. And it feels it feels really good in some regards. You know, how do you feel about it? Kind of start a conversation, you know? Um, and then you could say, well, I have been noticing in the, amongst this busyness, we haven't really had that like intimate time lately, that kind of late snuggle time or whatever it is for you. And I've been missing it. I've been missing you. Um, I was wondering if you'd be willing to, to spend some time with me. Could we get together? Um, and then from here, you could even go as far as to say, what are you doing Thursday night? I have planned an evening for us. Are you available? I would love to pamper you as my lover or be with you or connect with you. Um, you know, I miss that butt, whatever it is. But do you see how what I just described, like that's exciting, right? If I hear that, if you're coming to me with that, I'm like, ooh, oh, you miss me? Like, first of all, right away I feel loved. You're, the first thing you said is I really appreciate our time together. It's so wonderful when we get that intimate time. I'm starting to think back on the memories like, yeah, me too. Oh, I love that too. And then I'm saying, I miss you, right? Oh, I miss you so much. And, you know, I, I, I acknowledge the fact that we're busy, but I didn't say like, God, all you care about is work and you're so busy, right? I, I even said it's, it feels good. We're, we're doing good work. Um, so I'm not demonizing the person for being busy. I'm actually celebrating them. Like, yeah, I know you're doing a lot of good work. You've been, we've been really busy. Um, and then I am ending it with a, sexy invitation you know what are you up to Thursday babe you're busy let me take the reins um and so in my experience this has never not worked never um so like if you if 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 you have a need 
um, say that's not getting met and you it requires your partner's teamwork with you to get it met, see if you can find a way to frame it in a way that's fucking fun. Because y'all, who the fuck responds well to getting blamed? Nobody. Um, that's just like, does it feel good when you get blamed? You know, you can try these things on yourself and see how it feels and kind of get a perspective of like, oh, maybe that's why he shuts down every time I approach him because I'm coming with blame. So if you're showing up blamey with expectations, it's not going to work. I suggest you try and shift into more of an invitation um, and see how that goes. All right. Number two. Reason number two why they're not responding well. You are perhaps forgetting to actually ask permission and set context. Um, So there's a chance you're just approaching someone at a time when they're not available. Um, So I've talked about this in my uh, responsible speaking episode, episode eight or nine. Um, But setting context. So this has happened to me, which is why I put this on the list. I have gone to Warren in a time where he is like super wrapped up in a project or in a idea or, you know, in a um, communication with a client. And here's the thing, guys, at least for Warren, and I'm curious, is this true for all men? Please like throw me an Instagram message and let me know if this is true for your your man (laughs) or if you're a man. (laughs) But he like, I cannot tell just by looking at him when he's like super distracted or like thinking about a project. I could look at him and think, oh, he's just sitting there enjoying the moment. A great time to come talk to him. Whereas I feel like with me, it's a lot easier to tell. Like I'm pretty obvious when I'm in it. Um, Typically, I'm in my room with the door shut. So that's a pretty obvious sign. But anyway, so I have gone to Warren at a time thinking, oh, he looks like he's just chilling. This is a great time to talk to him. And just kind of started going in. Hey, can we talk about, you know, this... The move, let's, I'm just going to use the example of the lab we just built. Let's talk about the lab. Um, That was highly stressful this last month and a half, as I've talked about. So, Um, and I just start talking, right? And within a few minutes, I'm like, oh, he doesn't really, you're not responding. You don't really seem present. What's going on? And it turns out in those situations, he's just distracted. Like he wasn't available for the conversation. Had I done what I teach in that moment and said, hey, are you available for about 30 minutes? I want to talk about the lab and the move. He could have said, you know, I'm not available right now. Um, How about tonight over dinner? Right. So then he could have actually chosen a time that worked for him. But he couldn't do that because I didn't ask permission or set context. So. Um, Reason number two, they just might not be available. And so if you haven't been practicing setting context and like getting permission and actually getting the buy-in of your listener before you start, you know, talking and and conversing, um, I might suggest you try that. That if that's the issue that like if that's if that's the reason, that's a really easy one to fix. Um, You just need to start asking permission and finding a time that actually works for them. Because if someone's really distracted. They're not present. They're not going to be hearing you really. And they're not really going to be responding to you. And it's just like, you're not, it's not going to be as much of a uh, connected, attuned conversation. So 
Set context, get permission. Reason number three, you're approaching the issue as, quote unquote, your problem instead of, quote unquote, our problem. So um, I, I kind of touched on this in the first example, but um, when you're coming with an issue, and this kind of ties into the blame piece, but if you frame it in a way where it's like, you have not been showing up for me and you need to do that or I'm going to leave. Like, that sounds like your problem, right? Like, you need to do better, and if you don't, I'm out of here. So you, you better figure that out. And now, depending on the human, you know, some people might respond better to that. Um, I am dating a magnificent human who literally hates being told what to do more than anything. <laughs> so that really doesn't work with him. Um and so depending who you're talking to, that could land, you know, smoother or not. But um, what I found that I really love is actually just approaching these things as our problem. And I used to get really caught up in like, well, this is his problem. He's working too much and yada, yada. Um, but where I'm at is the fact that we are a fucking unit and Warren and I are a goddamn team. And so... If there is an issue in our couple bubble, in the space between us, um, for me, that's our issue. That's like, okay, what are we going to do to get back in balance, back in harmony, back in sync here? Because when when Morn and I are in fucking sync, shit is on point, right? I'm more energized. I'm on my shit. I'm making better contacts, content. <laughs> I'm feeling better throughout the day. So... I'm always like, all right, I want to be on point with you. I want to, you know, we're good, we're clear, we're aligned. So when we have an issue, I'm going to say, hey, I've been missing you. Where can we find space to have a little intimate time? You know, wh- wh- when can we can, when can we make a date night happen in the next two weeks? Um, whatever it is. Rather than, hey, when are you going to have time for me? Doing this kind of unites the front, right? And it it helps to create this this we, this working together. And um, with that, it's like, um, I think it's just more inviting for the other person. So it's it's for the for the person who's listening or receiving the message. It's like, oh, okay, we have this challenge. Let's let's work it out together. Yeah, we're united. We're working together. You're not blaming me because this is our problem. Um, and so, yeah, just to share a little example of this from my own life, um, my beautiful, sweet, wonderful Warren, um, he can get really stressed out sometimes, especially with work on a certain day. Um, you know, depending what's going on, he can just get really stressed. And so what will happen when he's stressed is he's a little more tense, um, more kind of short and quiet and then he tends to just um like he will react to me in a way that he wouldn't normally when he's not stressed right kind of like just maybe like not the sweetest (laughs) um because he's stressed so he's a little more tense and just short and so sometimes when he's really stressed it'll become well it'll become an issue, a we issue, right? It's like, what are we going to do about this? Because um, his stress, you know, if it's, if he's really stressed out and if we're like, say, working together because I worked for him and 
let's say our interactions aren't the the nicest throughout the day um, it can start to weigh on me and so like now we have a problem right because like now I'm kind of triggered and like you're already stressed and I can't show up for you anymore because I'm in it um, and so at those points we'll come together and I'll say I know you're stressed and I want to hold space for that now I'm feeling a little triggered because like of that last comment you made what can we do right now so that I can like come back to you and so it's a we thing And even though it's his stress, I just know if I go to him and say, you're too stressed and you're being a dick, can you figure it out? I'm not going to get what the fuck I want because that's not a very inviting way to approach the issue. And he's probably going to think, well, fuck you. Yeah, I am stressed, but like, whatever. Now, if I approach him and say, baby, I know you're stressed, maybe even approach him with a little neck rub, right? Because I know he's stressed. And now, like, I'm feeling just kind of triggered because that last thing you said, and I know you didn't mean it, but, like, can can we work together for a minute here to get back in alignment, right? And so in those moments, he will usually do the perfect thing because he's so amazing. Grab my shoulders, look deep into my eyes, say, you know, something, just something deep and meaningful, which is what nourishes my soul in those moments. You know, baby, I love you. I know I said that thing. I'm sorry. It's not you. I'm just really stressed. Something like that can calm me down in an instant um, in those circumstances. So, yeah, approach approach the issue as a we problem, as an our problem versus a you problem. All right, reason number four. Um, They don't feel appreciated. And so this is more of a fundamental relationship piece. But if your partner or whoever doesn't already feel appreciated within the context of your relationship with them. So again, this could be your partner, your mom, your sister, a coworker, um, a dear friend. If they don't feel appreciated, they're going to have far less of a bandwidth to hold space for you when, when you need something or when you want to approach a difficult or challenging conversation. This kind of goes back to um, last week's episode on love funds, but appreciation is a deposit, right? Um, So if you're, and I think appreciation in my world, I think it's just like the biggest one. Um, Something about it. It's like if you don't feel appreciated, it's like, why am I here? You know, have you ever been in a relationship where you don't feel appreciated? I'm curious um, about you all. I have my last relationship. I talk about it often with my ex. Um, I did not feel appreciated, and I'm assuming he did not either. So this isn't a one-way fuck Evan thing. Um, <laughs> we were both so unresourced and unskilled um, in our in our coming together. But that was a relationship where I didn't feel appreciated, and what that kind of turned into in the area of my mindscape was like thoughts such as like, who the fuck cares? And like, okay, whatever. Like you don't appreciate me anyway. So why am I going to go through extra effort to show up in these other ways? You know, it's kind of like, if you don't always already appreciate what's there, there's not going to be much motivation for the other person to to do more or show up more because they are probably thinking, well, you're not going to appreciate it. So, um, 
go all the way back to episode one if you've never heard it, but um, I talk about my 21 days of authentic appreciation challenge, so you could start there. Um, if you if you feel like, you know, we could use a little more appreciation infused into the magic of our relationship, start with my 21-day challenge. It's fucking badass. It changed and transformed my relationship with Warren forever, and I've heard some really good feedback from people who have taken it on, so um, I implore you to do that, and... Also, you can, um, when you're actually approaching the difficult conversation, you could kind of cushion it with a genuine appreciation if you want. So the example I used earlier was um, feeling like you wanted more time with your partner. Maybe that's a need that's not being met for you. You're like, I need more intimate time. So you could approach that with something like, Baby, I cherish our wonderful time together so deeply because you're so special to me. And lately I've been missing you. And I want more of you. Do you think we could work together to spend some special time together in the next week? So with that, you it's, it was like cushioned with this just depreciation. Like I cherish our time together because you're so wonderful right and so that the listener immediately is softened and more open because they've just been appreciated I mean what happens to you right now just sit and think for a moment what happens to you when you are genuinely appreciated by someone else Mm. yeah just feel like an opening a swooning a softening So, yeah, appreciation. They don't feel appreciated. This is reason number four. And our final reason, reason number five, why they're not receiving your message when you're approaching a difficult issue or conversation. You're triggering them. So, um... If you are triggering your partner or this person in the way you deliver your message, they will not be able to receive it. Um, Many of you have probably heard me talk about triggers. I think episode two is a pretty epic episode all about triggers. So if if you're curious about triggers, you could go listen to that. Um, But here's the thing about triggers. They're going to happen. We actually pick partners who will trigger us subconsciously, but we do it so that we can grow, like so that we can get fucking triggered and then do the work and look inside and get curious and learn more about myself and I can learn more about you. Um, It's really fucking cool, you guys. Once you take this scary label off triggers, dun, dun, dun. Um, it like doesn't have to be this big scary thing. Um, and so I was actually sharing with a friend of mine the other day about how at this point, because Warren and I, we face our triggers and we talk about them. And I know his biggest triggers and he knows mine. And we know what it looks like in the other when someone's triggered. Like I know what it looks like in him. Like, oh, I think he's triggered. And him, me. And when one of us is triggered, we don't act like it's not there and trying to avoid it and like keep trying to have a productive conversation 
um, we fucking stop the conversation and we deal with what just came up, which is now someone's triggered. And so what I was sharing with my friend is it's kind of cool because because we don't hide from it and act like it's not there. We just face it head on. Um, because of that, it can like sometimes we even laugh about it. You know, it's, it's so much lighter. Um, sometimes we'll be in that situation where it's like he got triggered somehow and then like him being triggered now triggers me and so we're both triggered we're just like uh, both triggered and <laughs> we'll literally have a moment of like oh great we just did that thing again where like you got triggered because of that and then your triggering triggered me and now I'm triggered and now we're both just standing here pissed <laughs> and we'll like literally have a laugh and so um first I just want to take the stigma off triggers as this like big bad evil thing and like your triggers make you too much and and you shouldn't get triggered and like calm down and don't be so emotional um fuck all that y'all like it's not the truth it's not the truth so the truth is your triggers are a part of you they are intelligent they are wise they are here to serve you and so let's fucking embrace them and you know i'm not saying just get wildly violently triggered all the time and be like well nikki sunshine said that triggers are me and so I am embracing them no like do the work right so like do the work with your triggers um and don't judge and punish yourself when you get triggered you know like can it just be okay and can it be okay that your partner gets triggered and so with this it's like um Okay, so with this, it's like, first you got to know your partner's triggers. And, and they should know yours. Um, and then, if you know, so if you're trying to approach a difficult issue, and a way in which you are trying to approach it triggers them, know that, notice that, and then you know you got to find a new way to deliver your message. This happened with a client the other day and she was just trying to share. She had actually been triggered by something her partner did the other day, like earlier in the day. And so she was just trying to share with him later, like, you know, that, that triggered me. Basically, she was trying to just share her experience. And what ended up happening was as she was trying to share that she did it, in a way where she just like spoke in a certain way and used a particular tone that happened to trigger the fuck out of her partner. And so as she was sharing this with me, it's basically like um, after she tried to express herself, you know, he got triggered and then she got kind of annoyed like, okay, but I didn't mean to hurt you. I'm just trying to share my feelings, right? And so that's where it's like, it's hard because other people's triggers might not make sense to us. And yet, when we are in a partnership, I believe part of the work and beauty of partnership is like, okay, I know your triggers. I'm probably going to trigger you through our time together. And yet, 
I can actually try to not specifically trigger you all the time, right? I can, I can learn to communicate in a way where every time we talk, I'm not hitting that trigger. Um, and so I just think this is like a really beautiful piece of relationship um, because we get to have another close, intimate pair bond similar to our mothers when we were kids. But now we're adults and we can have this reciprocation where our partner can say, you know, I don't have to trigger you like that all the time. It's great to know that's a trigger. And now I'm going to work on not doing that to you. (laughs) Right. So for me and my um, partnership, one of the biggest triggers for Warren is being told what to do. It's like such a trigger for him. And even if it all comes down to my wording, So I can even just be talking and not intending to tell him what to do. But if based on how I word it and my tone, if he perceives it as like I'm telling him what to do, I mean, he gets super triggered. That's it. And so first of all, I, of course, when I found this out, was curious. And so we like uncovered it. And now I know where that stems from, exactly what in his childhood and his past that links to and why he gets triggered with that. So if you haven't been curious about your partner's triggers, feel free to get curious, you guys. Ask questions like, huh, that's so interesting. That triggers you. Does that remind you of anything? Does that remind you of anyone? I'm just like curious, um, you know, about you. And I think what I found with Warren and I is like when we can kind of link our triggers to, you know, the past or, or, or an event um, it's not always possible but it's, it's cool when we can and it gives the other person like so much bandwidth to hold space like once I really connected why Warren gets so triggered when he feels like he's being told what to do now I understand why and the events that led up to that and you know his relationship with his parents I'm like oh duh of course that triggers the fuck out of you And so what do I do, you guys? I try really hard not to tell Warren what to do. And it's like not a big deal. (laughs) I just want to, because I can hear you out there like, well, why do I have to change who I am to suffice to their triggers? Isn't that their work? Yes, all of our triggers are our work. And I mean, I'm dating my best fucking friend. So if I can do something as easy as try not to tell you what to do, Try not to speak to you in that tone. Be a little more conscious of when I use those words that that tend to trigger you. I'm going to fucking do it because I love you. Like I I genuinely love you. And um, I, I think this is where the friendship piece comes in. Like if you're kind of noticing yourself resisting right now and you're like, but I don't feel like I should have to do that for them. That's their work. That's totally fine. Like there's nothing wrong with you or them for having those feelings. And I just become curious. Um, You know, for me, if I was working with you, say, as a client or as a couple client, I think, why don't you want to do this for him or her? That's what I become curious about. Is there a past resentment? Is there scorekeeping going on? Um, Because for me, it's like if I can help my best friend, my lover, feel better and move throughout the day in a more resourced way, I'm going to do it. So, um, 
my challenge to you and my call to action this week um, will be to kind of get curious about your partner and their way, um, their triggers, and, you know, start asking questions. Like, see what works for them and what doesn't. You could start with this list and say, hey, I've been noticing, like, kind of some resistance and just extra challenge when I when, when we come together to talk about X, Y, and Z. So I want to figure out if there's a way I could approach it that would actually help you feel more relaxed and safe, and then maybe we could get further in our conversation. Are you up for exploring that? And so then you can kind of like weave through this list, you know. You know, do, do you feel blamed when I come to you? Do you feel like it's all your fault? And, and just kind of start asking questions. Curiosity is fucking amazing, you guys. It is the sexy lubrication to intimacy. It is the antidote to judgment. And I just, like, follow your curiosity and be blown away by what you discover, right? In your partnership, within yourself. It's so incredible just to go through the world being curious. (sighs) Yeah. So that's what I have for you guys today. Five reasons why they are not receiving your message when you approach a challenging topic. Um, Just in case you want to like write these down, I'll just laser repeat the five reasons quickly. Um, Number one, you're showing up too blamey with expectations and disappointment. Number two, you're not setting context and asking permission and so they're either distracted or unavailable. Number three, You're approaching the issue as your problem versus quote-unquote our problem. Number four, they don't feel appreciated in this relationship. And number five, you are triggering them with your delivery. All right, badasses, I hope this has been helpful for you. If it has, go ahead and take a screenshot, throw it on your Instagram, throw it on your Facebook, and tag some people who need to hear this. Um, help me get the fucking message out there, y'all. Um, your help is so deeply appreciated. It serves not just me, but so many others. So thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up like a fucking badass. I love you. I appreciate you deeply. And I'll catch you in the next episode.